0: Welcome to All About Capital Campaigns, a podcast that provides fuel for your nonprofit's growth. Each week, hosts Andrea Kilstedt and Amy Eisenstein, co-founders of the Capital Campaign Toolkit, provide practical tips about raising more money for your nonprofit organization. The Capital Campaign Toolkit is a support system for nonprofit leaders who are running capital campaigns. At CapitalCampaignToolkit.com, you can download a step-by-step guide for your capital campaign, and get many other free resources. Here are your hosts, Amy and Andrea.
1: Today's topic is kickoff events, campaign kickoff events. And um, we seldom talk about kickoff events for the leader phase of the campaign, right? The the public phase of the campaign. But just just to put this in context, um, so Amy and I in the Capital Campaign Toolkit Break campaigns down into seven phases, the um, starting with pre-campaign planning, going through feasibility study, campaign planning, the quiet phase, and then the campaign kickoff, which is this little bitty sliver when you finally announce the public, the public goal, you finally announce to your public, whatever your public is, what your real goal, the real dollar goal of your campaign Until you get to that kickoff period, you're using what we call a working goal. That's a goal that might go up and might go down, depending on how the leadership part of your campaign goes during that quiet phase. But eventually, when you've asked most of your largest donors for gifts, you've asked all of your board members for gifts, you have a pretty good idea what how much money you could raise from this whole front end of the campaign. You really do need to settle on a final published goal, a real goal. And that's what you announce at the campaign kickoff. So that's a big deal actually. On the timeline, if you download the capital campaign time, time timeline from the toolkit, you will see that it's a little bitty sliver, which is maybe why we don't talk about it very much. But there is, in fact, a whole lot of stuff to know about it and how to go about doing it and when you should do it, and how much money you need to have raised before you kick, actually kick your campaign off, why you have a campaign kickoff, many, many questions.
2: Yeah, Anything I think let, let me just Yeah, let me jump in for one second before you start to give some examples. So I think, you know, the term kickoff probably is confusing, and I'm glad that you've clarified. Um, A few sessions ago, we talked about when do you start counting your campaign or when, you know, when does the timeline start on your campaign? And that's very different from the public kickoff. So maybe when we say kickoff, we should say public kickoff because it's not actually at the beginning of your campaign. It's actually closer to the end of your campaign. And before you do your public announcement and your press release and your public kickoff, when you invite the whole community to to contribute and support your campaign, um, you've been in the quiet phase and, and campaign planning. And so you've been in the campaign already for one or even two years. And you have raised probably 60, 70, even 80% of your campaign dollars before you have this kickoff or public kickoff. Maybe we should start saying public kickoff. I don't know. Um, So you're not kicking off the beginning of your campaign, but you're kicking off the public piece of your campaign where you're going out to the whole community and formally announcing your campaign goal and inviting them to participate.
1: All right for a minute about what we mean by the whole community, right? When you kick off your campaign and you're going to the whole community. So what do you mean by your community? And being able to understand that question, to answer that question, has a lot to do with how you will design your kickoff. Because community means different things to different organizations. Right? If you are, for example, a public library, chances are your community is very broad It may be pretty much everyone who lives in your community or everyone who lives in your community with a library card, and that may be a pretty good percent of your population. So your community is going to be very, very big. On the other hand, if you are a private school, a a fairly new private school, for example, you've only been around for five years, maybe you only serve grades K through three for for example, let's do it really little, right? Maybe you have 60 kids in your whole school. Right now, look at that. If you're three years old or five years old, you've got 60 kids in your whole school, you've only ever had, you know, a hundred kids that have ever gone to the school altogether. Maybe you can include in that the the parents of the of the students, maybe the grandparents of the students, the teachers who teach at the school, the immediate neighbors in of the school, maybe in your community, but your community is not going to be the same community as the public library's community, right? It's going to be very different. It's going and, to be Your community is an important community, but it's a very different shape. Yes, Amy.
2: And and let's take it wider. I mean, there's lots of organizations that serve the whole country or maybe, you know, multiple countries. And so your community um, might be people with, uh, you know, whatever, who care about the environment or who, you know, who, whatever the topic is, right? If you are across multiple states or across multiple countries, um, that's your community. So I think, you know, to Andrea's point, it can be very small. It can be very wide. So important when you're kicking off a campaign, who are you kicking it off to? Who's your community? So good, small to big.
1: Small to big. And of course, how you kick it off has everything to do with what community you're actually trying to reach, right? So if you're trying to kick off the community of this little private school that i just mentioned you're not going to want big press releases to everybody you know to all of the major media outlets in your region they're going to laugh at you Right. And it doesn't much matter if the person who lives across town, who has no kids, who never thought about sending a kid to your school, knows about your campaign. They're not going to write you a check. They're not going to give you give you money. Right. You don't need to reach them. You need to do a really good job of reach of reaching the people who who for whom you really do matter. On the other hand, if you're the public library, you're going to want to do everything possible to get your entire community to be aware of what of your campaign of your goal, and you're going to want to do everything you can to get as many small contributions, contributions of all sizes from your community. So there are many consequences of that to how you design your campaign kickoff. Right. This wasn't an idle conversation it's just like oh all right if i have a really big organization i'm trying to reach people in a you know a lot of people i'm going to have to think about about this event that i'm doing in a very different way than if i have a fairly small organization and i and i can wrap my arms around who those people are but sometimes i think about about churches and the community of churches Right. And for many, many local churches, they, that community is quite well established. Right. It's not going to be everyone who who goes to, you know, who has any kind of religious affiliation in your community. It's going to be people who are members of your of that particular religious organization, whatever it is. So, all right, we don't need to beat this any farther. But it's an important point when you're when you're thinking about your campaign kickoff.
2: Yeah. So, Andrea, you're referring to a camp- campaign kickoff as an event. So let's talk. Yes. Let's broaden it or narrow it. So let's let. Why don't you expand on that? Is it an event? Is it a series of events? Is it, uh, you know, what what kind of announcements does it include?
1: Right. Well, I I actually think about it as an event with perhaps with a series of media opportunities right beyond it. But I like to think about it as, okay. let's design an event. Right. Let's think about it as an event. Now, maybe it's a meet. It is always a media event of some sort. Maybe it's a media event just to reach the, the communications mechanism in your institution. But it always is a media event where you are announcing the campaign the campaign goal. Um, it, it is, uh, you may then follow up with a whole host of other things. For example, if you're, a, let's say you're a performing arts organization, you may want to have a media event to kick off your campaign. And maybe you want to do a series of concerts out and out throughout your community to get the word out even farther. So there are many ways you can you can think about planning a kickoff, a broader kickoff. But I think it begins by understanding, okay, what do we want to accomplish? Who do we want to reach? What do we want to have happen at this event? And then how do we broaden it out so that we really make get the maximum bang for our buck? Buck for our bang is what I should say.
2: <laughs> yeah. The other I, way I think there are a few important things that we haven't mentioned yet. One is, of course, what does an event look like in COVID or hopefully post-COVID? So let's get to that in a second. But I think also, you know, we haven't touched the issue much of announcing how much we've raised and recognizing the people who have gotten us this far, because presumably you've raised... 60, 70, 80% of the dollars, let's say 75%. I like that number, right? Let's say you've raised three quarters of the campaign dollars and that is part of the announcement. You're announcing a goal and you're announcing massive progress towards that goal. So uh, what, what are your thoughts on so, that?
1: Well, I, that's a, I'm so glad you raised that, Amy. So uh, how much money you have to have raised before you go public, as they say, has everything to do with how wide a base you have, right? If you have a really broad base of people to reach that you're hoping are going to contribute, you may not have to raise quite as much percentage wise as if you're an organization with a very narrow base and your ability to raise a lot of money after you've kicked off the campaign is going to be quite limited. So all of these things relate really to what the what your community, community looks like, but- the as Amy says, you kick off the campaign when you have already raised a significant amount of money towards that towards your working goal, towards the goal you were working as you planned the campaign and in the early phases. Now, before you kick off the campaign, you're going to look and see. All right. This is. We thought we could raise ten million dollars. We have solicited all of our largest donors. We have solicited our board members. We realize that we've only been able to raise so far five million dollars, and we don't see our way clear to getting to ten million. No matter how we slice and dice the numbers, we can't see that's possible. We had a couple disappointments in the lead gifts. So, all right, you don't have to go into punishment for that. You just need to say, well, you know what, before the before we announce the campaign, we now have an option of raising or lowering our goal of extending our timeline. One or the other of those things. So if we if we say, all right, we don't want to extend our timeline. We don't know really who else we would go to if we did extend our timeline to raise those big gifts. Maybe instead of a $10 million campaign, maybe we're gonna have to pull it down to eight, seven and a half or 8 million. There's no harm in that, right? We always encourage people to shoot eye. Sometimes you really are able to do that and sometimes you can't. So before you go public, and that's why you don't announce your campaign goal early on because you're testing to see what can we really raise. So by the time you have a pretty good sense of what you can really raise, then you can finalize your goal. And then you have your campaign kick off when you announce that goal. Right. That's Goldie. Speaking of. Goldie, Hi, Goldie.
2: Yeah, that uh, we have so much construction on our street today. So there's going to be lots of dog barking. Um, I think that it's you know, you make some really important points, Andrea. People really want to think about this, though. You know, some people who are listening may be thinking, oh, my gosh, how can you not raise the $10 million? Well, often... We build buffers into the campaign. There's endowment components and other things. So hopefully you will raise, uh, you know, the amount that you need for your physical project or your programs or services. But sometimes you don't get to the goal and announcing a goal that's way over and hoping and wishing that the public is going to magically Uh, come through with magical hypothetical campaign gifts is not a good solid plan. It's much better to scale back your goal at that point and say, all right, this is what we're going to be able to accomplish, right? We've raised this amount of money. We're going to be able to do amazing things. It may not be our ultimate dream project or our high goal that we set, our lofty, ambitious goal. Um, that we planned for, but we still can accomplish this, that, and the other thing with the amount that we raised. And we're going to scale back the goal because otherwise what happens when you you announce publicly this big lofty goal of 10 million? and you know, a year later, you're still at six and a half, then the campaign languishes. It goes on forever.
1: It falls that's a apart. bad idea. That is a right. really bad idea. Then you lose energy. Then the people who worked so hard in the early phases of the campaign feel like they're involved in something that's failing. Right? You don't want that to happen. You really don't. Now, before we leave this subject, Amy, I want to say that it really does happen the other way around also that you have a $10 million dollar working goal, this early goal. you work like man to raise as much money as you can in the quiet phase of the campaign. All of a sudden you realize that you're at 9.2 million and climbing and you haven't even announced you haven't even started getting to the public phase of the campaign yet. You're pretty sure you have another couple million dollars out there you know, just keeping going on what you're doing. Right. So you're not going to have to have to lower your goal. You're going to, you're going to raise your goal before you go public. And that's (laughs) as much of an issue as anything else. I mean, that's the, these things really do happen. So I want to be sure we balance the conversation. This is not always, Oh my goodness, we can't do it. It's a, Oh, wow. We had more opportunity than we even realized we did before we go public, let us actually go to our board and let's raise, let's go to the steering committee, let's go to the board, let's raise the goal. Then let's go public. Otherwise, we're not going to raise as much money as we could for this project.
2: And I think that that's something that resonates with me that you always talk about, that campaigns are really opportunities for you for you as an organization to raise as much as you possibly can, right? So the goal is a target And it connects to your project, and it's an opportunity to see really how much can you raise. A lot of the organizations we work with at the Capital Campaign Toolkit sail way past their goal, um, and others need to scale back the project. Now there there are things that we put in place early on in the campaign to try and temper some of that, and sometimes uh, you know sometimes it goes one way or the other, and. And there are there are things that we do that balance that out and it's OK. So,
1: and yeah. this is a campaign strategy, right? This is not a you know, we made a mistake. This is a campaign strategy to, to shoot for as high as you can reasonably hope to shoot, to actually plan a project that is as good a project as you can imagine. Right, I actually was on a call the other day. It was quite an interesting call with an organization that is planning a music building. And, um, and, and right up front in the call, they, they said to me something like, I can't remember the, the words exactly, but the gist of it was, well, you know, we, we can plan a music building for this amount of money, but we've also talked to our engineers about what it would cost to have a, just a basic music building right? And, and much less, you know, which would cost less. And my response to them was, before you start cutting down to a basic music building, why don't you figure out what you would really like to do? You know, this building is going to be with you a long time. They had just told me that the music building they're in was built in, I don't know, 1912. <laughs> 1912. You're going to have this new music building a very long time. You better shoot for what you want, at least try and see if you can raise the money for that. Then if you can't then you can pull back. So that's that's a strategy that we really encourage all of you to use with your campaign. And con- concomitant, how's that concomitant? how's that for a word? With that is the is the notion that having to pull your goal back before you go public is not shameful is just a part of the strategy. And you may find that you don't have to, but if you do, it is a perfectly good thing to do. Now, let me say one more thing, which is this there is a lot of confusion about quiet phase, public phase. A lot of people think, and of course, what the 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 moment between the quiet phase and the public phase is the campaign kickoff. That's what separates them, right? When you announce your goal. Now, what that means is that. During the quiet phase, it's not that you can't talk about your project. You're just not announcing a final official campaign goal until you go public. That really is what happens, among other things. But that's sort of the core thing that happens when you you have a campaign kickoff and go public. You are celebrating the people who helped you get raised so-and-so much money You are announcing what the goal is. You're highlighting the gap between where you are and the goal. And you're setting out a timeline for reaching the goal. It's like, all right, here we are. We've done really well. These are the people who have made it happen. You know, aren't they amazing? we have $2 million left to go and we want to raise that money by September of 2022 or by June of 2022, whatever the numbers.
2: Okay. Uh, We have one more thing to talk about. And then I know we've gone on long for today, but uh, the, the other I think turning point in the kickoff is how you're soliciting people primarily. So, Prior to the kickoff, it's all one-on-one conversations. It's in individual solicitations. It could be with corporations and foundations, but really, it's it's strategic and one-on-one. Um, as you move into the public phase, while you still may be doing some more of that one-on-one fundraising, you're also employing more mass marketing, you might be doing direct mail appeal or an email effort or a social media campaign. So there will be more as you go public. Um, There will be more broad fundraising, broad based fundraising, as opposed to all one on one, which is what's been happening in the quiet phase. So last thing, Andrea, we didn't talk about, you know, this idea of an event in COVID. Um, So, you know, we have seen so many organizations turn their kickoffs virtual. Uh, some work better than others, of course, but I think it is has given us an opportunity to be really creative with our clients and thinking about you know, several smaller events, um, you know, how and when to announce to the media, as Andrea talked about, you know, you may or may not have, um, you know, a gala with 300 people in the room. Um, You may have a series of smaller events to sort of kick off this campaign. But so, you know, I I just want to acknowledge that there may not be one big event. Um, But all right. Any final thoughts before we wrap up?
1: eyes open for the blog post. When does it come out, Amy? Yeah, tomorrow, Uh, Tomorrow,
2: depending on when you're listening uh, to the the podcast. uh, It will already be out. And Andrea has outlined three different types of kickoffs. So um, I definitely encourage you to head over to the Capital Campaign Toolkit blog to read more about campaign kickoffs. All right. Excellent conversation today. Thank you, Andrea.
1: Thank you, Amy.
0: Thanks for joining Amy and Andrea for today's All About Capital Campaigns. To learn more about them and their work together, go to CapitalCampaignToolkit.com. This podcast is recorded on a live webinar every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. You can join the live sessions and get your questions answered by signing up today at ToolkitTalks.com. And please like, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting platform.